with fear alleviated, truly an heir, experiencing renown, know that the glory that is God alone, the glory that is His alone to give, He has given you by promise through Jesus. You're listening to the Weekly Sermon Podcast for Bethany Lutheran Church in Long Beach, California. We have heard it said regularly over the last uh, couple months that the words of Romans are worthy by heart of being memorized. But there might be a bit of you that would rather criticize today's reading. I consider that your sufferings are insignificant. Now to trivialize or minimize someone's suffering makes one insufferable. It's like when the McAllisters realized that Kevin was left home alone and Uncle Frank said, well, I forgot my reading glasses. Now you might think Paul here is minimizing or or trivializing suffering, but you gotta let him finish the sentence. So I did him the injustice here. The sentence is actually, I consider that your sufferings are insignificant when compared to the glory that awaits. Paul isn't minimizing, he isn't trivializing suffering. In fact, he does some recognizing of it. He catalogs his own as he's writing uh, the Corinthian church. St. Paul says, I have experienced plenty of sufferings, imprisoned frequently, flogged severely, exposed to death repeatedly. I have been at danger in the sea and in danger in the cities. I have been in danger from rivers and from robbers, from my fellow countrymen and foreigners alike, from false brothers and tyrannical leaders. I have known what it is to go without sleep, without food, without drink, without shelter, without sustenance, let alone the pressure that is upon me for the fledgling church. Paul catalogs his own sufferings. Not only his own, but he cataloged Jesus's as well. A different letter. When he wrote these words, though he was rich, Yet he became poor, so that through his poverty we might become rich. And elsewhere, though he is God, yet equality with God is not something he recognized. He took the place of a servant and became obedient even to death on a cross. Of course, the apostle is not the first person to catalog the sufferings of Jesus. The prophet did it long before Jesus even suffered. When he wrote these words, he was despised and we esteemed him not. He took up our infirmities. He carried our sorrows. He was a man of suffering, stricken, smitten, and afflicted. You have a list too, right? I don't know if you've cataloged them uh, in King James prose or in a lyrical lament, but I know somewhere up here or somewhere in here, you've cataloged your sufferings. 
Maybe the list isn't really long, but it's a list nonetheless. Maybe it doesn't compare with uh, Paul and it certainly doesn't compare with Jesus, but you know your sufferings. I know you do. What are your present sufferings or your past? Cancer cells that are overactivated. Prison cells that are oversaturated. What are your present sufferings? Do you have a loved one on hospice care? Is your love life on life support? Do you know the grief of burying a parent, a spouse, a child, or burying a relationship or a career or a dream. I don't know what your present sufferings are, but I know you know them. Maybe it's that your body is quickly aging or your mind is steadily declining. Perhaps it's the fact that a child or a grandchild has moved away and you are really missing your time with them. Maybe it's that a child or a grandchild has moved back in and you're really missing your time <laughs> without them. I don't know what your sufferings are, but I know you have them. Maybe your spirit is not as energetic as it once was. Maybe your convictions are not as strong as they used to be. I don't know what your sufferings are, but I know you know them. Today, Paul would remind you that your sufferings are insignificant when compared to the glory that awaits. Not only your sufferings, mind you, when the earth is at its best, even then, when this world's rough sea goes glass, when the lost are found, when everything is in its proper place, when the chronically lonely, no lasting company, when the continually weary, no prolonged rest, when swords are beat into plowshares and the enemy becomes a member of the family, when life is good, even then it pales in comparison to what awaits those who are God's children. And remember what we heard last week, certainly you are God's children, for through the Spirit you call him out, Abba, Father, living as one who has fear alleviated, truly an heir, experiencing renown here and now, you know that what awaits makes present sufferings insignificant in comparison. What awaits? That day when the dead rise at the calling of their name. That day when tears no longer flow. That day when bellies no longer growl and broken hearts no longer howl. That day when the garden's loveliness originally rendered yours shall be. We've been doing some acrostics uh, throughout this series, so there's another one for you. What is glory? When Paul says, your sufferings are insignificant compared to the glory that awaits. What's the glory? The garden originally rendered. The garden's loveliness originally rendered 
yours. When we walk with God once again, and sin is no longer a part of the system, and therefore sufferings are no longer a consequence thereof. It's true, suffering is part of the equation because sin is part of the equation in this world. Sometimes our sufferings are just a natural byproduct of living in a fallen world. Sometimes sufferings are a result of someone else's sin. Sometimes our sufferings are a result of our own behavior, and we are the cause of our own undoing. While they are always undesirable, they are also inarguably part of life, and yet they are insignificant compared to what awaits. Paul is not saying that your sufferings aren't real. They are. He doesn't say that they don't hurt. They do. He is not stating that they are never unjust. Sometimes that is in fact the case. He's not saying you should welcome them. No one in their right mind would want any more than they already have. He is simply making a sentiment, a statement that is worthy of being taken to heart. Even if you don't memorize it word for word, the truth that you, a child of God, knowing him as your father, with fear alleviated, truly in air, experiencing renown, know that the glory that is God alone, the glory that is his alone to give, he has given you by promise through Jesus until one day by sight it shall be yours and nothing compares to that. We pray. Almighty God, in the midst of suffering, give us tender hearts to care for those who are hurting. Give us wise words to direct them to you. And in the midst of our own sufferings, whether the list is one simple one that hurts really bad or a continued long list that is hard to even tabulate, remind us of the glory that is ours in Jesus, now by promise, one day by sight, for that changes everything here and now and forever. Amen. Thank you for listening today. A video archive of our online worship services, including today's message, can be found on our YouTube channel and at www.bethanylutheran.org. Links for both of these are in the show notes. If you would like to support this podcast or the ministry of Bethany Lutheran Church in Long Beach, California, you can text the word GIVE to 562-210-0463. That's GIVE. G-I-V-E to 562-210-0463. We pray that you have a wonderful and blessed week.